Welcome to another edition of Buckeyes in Maryland. This is Mac, your host, and today we'll be discussing Earl Thomas and his release from the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, with that being said, let's just take a look at how this situation came to be. This isn't the first time Earl Thomas has been in the news for bad conduct or conduct detrimental to the team. Uh, you know, he's had some personal issues off the field, you know, uh, whether or not that was resolved or not, you know, that's, you know, none of my business, but it strictly football sense, Earl Thomas is really starting to grate on a lot of people. And sometimes, you know, you can look past that with, you know, the talent. I, I, I understand that teams have a tendency to, you know, put talent over, you know, fit and, you know, in, in, in regards to the locker room and how other team members interact and what kind of controversy said player can bring to a franchise. But, you know, in, in this case, they just went ahead and nipped it right in the bud. And honestly, they probably did the right thing for the franchise. Earl Thomas is a very accomplished safety uh, in this league. But, you know, if you are being a nuisance to the team and – you're not really, you know, bringing your A game every day, then, you know, by all means, they have the right to, uh, you know, get rid of you. It's a shame because Earl Thomas had a hell of a run with the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, I believe seven-time pro bowler and Super Bowl champion. You know, he definitely showcased his skills year in, year out. But he doesn't seem all that committed to, uh, you know, giving his all day in and day out. You know, there's been numerous reports of uh, being late to practice, uh, missing walkthroughs, missing assignments on the field. You know, he just, in, in the incident that he had with Chuck Clark the other day, just was the final nail in the coffin for his Ravens career. I'm sure he'll get picked up by someone, uh, some team out there, um, hopefully, because what I'm seeing a lot of reports saying is that the Dallas Cowboys have an interest in bringing him in, and I know that had been a previous possible fit for him before he signed with Baltimore, but uh, now it did may become reality. I hope not, you know, it's within the division, but I uh, I could definitely see that happening you know he just signed that contract this past season um four-year deal but uh baltimore is looking to rid themselves of that guaranteed salary i believe it's uh 10 mil this season but i'll have to get the exact numbers on that uh you know for all intents and purposes though his his time in baltimore is over so we'll just have to find out where it goes next. I had to look at the landscape of the NFL in regards to that safety position. There are numerous teams and suitors that could definitely use his help, you know, from a strictly football standpoint. But you always have to wonder and question, you know, is he going to be a good fit on the team? Are all these issues behind him? You know, you saw this play out last season with Antonio Brown and you don't want to, you know, not to a, not, this isn't 
to you know the extreme that that was but this is definitely you know it, it does have the potential to to play out like that if he you know he doesn't behave himself uh there like i said there are numerous teams out there that would be willing to pay out for him and to be honest with you from a strictly football standpoint i wouldn't mind seeing him in kelly green it's just you know i don't know what the locker room fit would be you know he is a veteran isn't this is not a young player you know he's been in the league for a while now and he should know how to conduct himself but uh you know it it remains to be seen what kind of a teammate he's going to end up being after this whole mess so you know with that being said i think i'm going to go ahead and give my top 5 predictions for where he'll end up um Right on top, you know, unfortunately, the Dallas Cowboys, I think they're the top suitor, uh, you know, to get them. After that, I would probably say the Cleveland Browns, they'd be another location where I think his presence would be greatly appreciated. Coming in that third spot would probably be the Atlanta Falcons because of his familiarity with uh, Dan Quinn and the uh, defensive concepts that were run there in Seattle. So I think that would be a good fit for him. Coming in that four slot uh, would be, you know, I know that he would prefer to go to Dallas if he was to go back to his home state in Texas. But, you know, there's also the possibility of joining the Texans. Uh, You know, they did go ahead and, uh, you know, they could pair him with Justin Reed. That would be, uh, you know, a good tandem for him. You know, I think he could definitely contribute there, and that's going to be probably a playoff team this season like it was last season. So that would be a great location for him. Coming in at my final spot would be the New England Patriots, and it's no secret that uh, Bill Belichick loves reclamation projects. Uh, He loves – to bring guys who you could buy low on. And, you know, if Baltimore ends up having to pay Earl Thomas's guaranteed salary, you might see Earl signing for a less than usual deal for him. Uh, he would be a great fit in that Patriot uh, locker room from a football standpoint. You know, he brings experience, he brings championship level play. And he'd get to play for the probably the greatest head coach of all time. You know, they're New England. They're going in a new direction, obviously, because of their transition from Tom Brady to either Cam Newton or the uh, Jared Stidham. So I, I just don't know who's going to end up starting there, but I know that uh, they're going to be a they're going to be in the playoff hunt in that. AFC East, you know, that division can be won, but I'm not certain what uh, the the level of production you're going to get out of those two might be. But for Earl Thomas's sake, that would be a great location for him to land. He gets to play under Bill Belichick, gets to reinstate his value, you know, showcase himself again and go ahead and hit free agency again the following season if he was to sign a one-year contract, which would probably be the case in New England. 
stand with the NFL. Um, <laughs> it was recently brought to my attention uh, for my first episode from uh, somebody who listened that I could have been a little harsh on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, I'll tell you what. My opinion is not changing on that. I don't think they're making the cut this year. I think Baltimore and Cleveland will be competing for that division for the simple fact that I believe that Ben Roethlisberger is done. He don't have anything left in the tank. You know, I was uh, I was asked to wager a bet with said, said person uh, that – Pittsburgh would finish with a higher record or a better record rather than the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, my favorite team. And I gladly accepted that bet because I 100% believe that, one, Philadelphia is the better team. Two, Philadelphia has an easier shot to win the division. And three, I believe that Ben Roethlisberger is way past his prime and his best days are behind him. So, with that being said, uh, you're on. Uh, you know, prove me wrong. You know, Big Ben, prove me wrong if that's the case. You know, you want to go into this season uh, refreshed. You just came off a of surgery. You still have a couple of weapons in Juju Schuster-Smith and James Conner and Jalen Samuels and company. You know, they believe it or not, the Pittsburgh Steelers do have a pretty – great defense Uh, that's not in question but my biggest question mark with them because uh, I do believe they have a championship caliber caliber defense my biggest question with them is and will remain Ben Roethlisberger you know as I previously stated in episode number one he could be the difference between finishing in the uh, you know the top I don't know 15 picks in the draft versus making possible wild card in the playoffs succeed uh, I just don't see it you know I don't see it happening for them this year Baltimore is much better Cleveland is trending upwards and I think that uh, you know they're ready to take that next step to the playoffs so I just don't see it happening you know I had to make mention of that because you know I was people were poking fun at that and I just thought that that was a you know pretty funny thing now onto the signing front of the NFL, uh, Buda Baker, the Arizona Cardinals safety, just signed a massive four-year, fifty-nine million dollar contract extension uh, that will make him the highest-paid safety in NFL history. And as is often the case with these contract extensions uh, to make history, it, it's it's briefly. Uh, it, it's a brief thing, you know, somebody else comes along and claims that title. But nonetheless, that's still a monumental contract extension uh, for Baker. It is going to be around the average of $14.75 million a year, uh, and he will be getting $33.1 million in guaranteed money. Uh, a little bit about Buddha. Uh, he became a first-team All-Pro in his first season. That's that's a pretty big deal, guys. Um, for a safety to come in, a rookie on defense uh, to come in and dominate and play that well, it's just uh, it's not unheard of, but it's definitely you know it's not a normal occurrency. Uh, he's a two-time Pro Bowler. 
he finished with 147 tackles, uh, seven of those being uh, tackles for loss, and he had also six passes defended last year. Uh, you know, for a safety to get that kind of money is uh, it's a pretty big deal. And, you know, he is going to open the door for some contract extensions for other uh, highly rated safeties in this league. And, you know, it's always good to see somebody, you know, somebody's hard work pay off. Uh, you know, that's going to pair him with uh, the, a very good core in Chandler Jones, Jordan Hicks, and the recently drafted Isaiah Simmons for years to come. So Arizona, man, they, they have a they have a pretty good core moving forward, you know, and that's just on defense when you move to the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, you know, have the past year's rookie in Kyler Murray who is – on the right track to becoming a uh, Pro Bowl caliber talent in this league. He was uh, pretty good last season. You know, he, out of the gate, he wasn't, you know, highly productive. But uh, to close out the year, he started to go on kind of a roll. And you talk about uh, the the ageless Larry Fitzgerald, who always just kind of seems to do whatever's needed, whatever's necessary. And uh, you couldn't ask for a better veteran wide receiver to have by your side. Uh, you have Christian Kirk, who is uh, primed for a breakout this season, who may go over that 1,000-yard mark this year. You also have the, uh, the recently traded for DeAndre Hopkins, and that is going to boost that offense, you know, by headed by Cliff Kingsbury to new heights. That uh, you know they could very well finish with uh, three thousand yard receivers this season. That's not an outrageous thing to uh, to happen this year. That could definitely be a a big pickup for them. Obviously, uh, you know that goes without saying. The, the the Texans they 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 got a it was a bad trade. Let's just say that. The Texans committed a bad trade. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is an exceptional talent. He's easily a top three receiver in this league. And with the uh, the pairing with Kyler Murray, you know, who knows how well that's uh, they're going to mesh in year one. But if he's able to replicate his success that he had with Deshaun Watson, then the NFC is going to be put on watch. So, you know, watch out for these Arizona Cardinals. Elsewhere, the Cleveland Browns have signed former Super Bowl MVP Malcolm Smith to a contract. Uh, I'm not necessarily going to say this is going to be a, a very a very good pickup for the Browns, but what I will say is he does bring uh, championship level experience and uh, as well as playoff experience to the Browns. Uh, he was in Dallas last year, didn't play really at all. Um, so it remains to be seen how much he has left in the tank. Because uh, you got to remember that Super Bowl was six years ago, I believe now, 2014. Uh, he, you know, he could still have a role and play a role on this team, but, uh, you know, it remains to be seen how big. That will be. Um, 
Moving on to the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, who are looking to extend Zach Ertz on a new deal. You know, this this comes on the heels of the extensions received by uh, Travis Kelsey and George Kittle of the uh, San Francisco 49ers and Kansas City Chiefs, respectively. Uh, Zach Ertz, in my opinion, you know, again... I am a Philadelphia Eagles fan, so you're not going to get too many unbiased opinions from me in that regard in regards to those players. But if I'm looking at this objectively, I would say Zach Ertz is probably the third best tight end in the NFL behind those two. Uh, You know, he had that record-setting performance in 2018, I believe it was, you know, where he had caught over 100 catches and set that NFL record uh, for most catches by a tight end. Um, He did have a pretty productive season last year before injury, Uh, so that that can't be discounted. And he's usually a consistent player, you know, being in the league all these years now. Uh, Yes, so third best tight end, and he definitely deserves a contract extension. You know, he's still on – a current deal that I believe keeps him in Philadelphia for at least uh, through not this season, but the upcoming season, the next season after that, uh, the 2021 season. Uh, But if they could get a deal that benefits both sides worked out and done, uh, you know, during the course of this year or, you know, even before this season starts, and I think it would be definitely a huge uh, weight lifted off of, the organization's shoulders uh, because you can't let a talent like that walk through the door, uh, especially in a, uh, you know, what I consider to be a small market team in Philadelphia. But, you know, that let's, let's just talk about what that could look like. Uh, George Kittle got uh, the most money, you know, he's the highest paid tight end in NFL history and Travis Kelsey uh, was not too far behind. I believe that George received uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 70 uh, $75 million over the course of five years uh, with $40 million guaranteed. Uh, Travis Kelsey received, it appears, $57.25 million, um, <clears throat> with 28 of that being guaranteed. So those two contracts are, you know, among the highest in the league at that position. So it wouldn't be a stretch to see Zach maybe. uh, Do I think he's going to uh, set the market for tight ends? No, I don't. Uh, It's possible. I just don't think so. Uh, George got a hell of a lot of money. Uh, As you can see, Travis, you know, didn't receive nearly as much in regards to guaranteed money. But uh, if you're if you're the Philadelphia Eagles and you can find a way to kind of wedge Zach in between those two somewhere, I don't know, maybe in the neighborhood of uh, 60, 63, 64, you know, maybe even 65 mil over the course of four seasons with maybe, I don't know, 34, 35 guaranteed, that would work, I think, for the team. You know, as always, you have to – leave it to the cap analysts to, uh, you know, make the projections in regards to what they can afford. But, you know, I think it would definitely benefit both sides to get a deal done before the current contract is over. Uh, And being a Philadelphia Eagles fan myself, 
you know, I would love to see Zach retire an Eagle, you know, that but over the course, uh, you know, of these last couple of seasons, uh, you've seen players walk out of the door who, you know, I wish, you know, could have remained part of the team. I really enjoyed watching Jordan Hicks, uh, LaShawn McCoy, Jeremy Macklin, Deshaun before he was traded. Uh, you know, these are, you know, a couple of players that I wished could have retired Eagles. But, uh, you know, this this is a business. You know, it's not just football. These guys are in it to get paid as well. And the organizations, you know, they do what they think is best. Uh, you know, during that time period, though, Chip Kelly was just, man, I don't know what that guy was doing. He was just pulling all the wrong strings and getting rid of some of the most talented players that we've ever had. Uh, but uh, the point is, it's a business. So, you know, I definitely understand. Closing out today's episode, I'd like to talk about a recently drafted Ohio State player in J.K. Dobbins. J.K. has the makeup to be the next great running back in the NFL. You know, will he turn out to be Ezekiel Elliott, you know, right off the bat? No, I don't think so. You know, he has to share the backfield with Mark Ingram. uh, And, you know, obviously Lamar Jackson, you know, can run the football very well. Um, So I don't think he'll have that type of breakout to, you know, start his career. But Jake, hey, man, this guy in 2019 with OSU, he rushed for over 2,000 yards and had 21 touchdowns on the ground. He was a flat-out baller, and, you know, he, Ohio State very well could have won a title last season had it not been for a miscommunication between Justin Fields and Chris Olave. Uh, you know, they probably could have won that, uh, that game that they had between Clemson and Ohio State. Uh, that's neither here nor there, but uh, J.K. Dobbins could definitely become, you know, a a premier running back in the league, you know. Like I said, he's not going to come out of the gate booming like he did at OSU because he shares the backfield with another great running back in Mark Ingram and Lamar Jackson. But he could definitely, you know, I, I predict, I don't know, maybe somewhere in the neighborhood of 900 yards, uh, with seven, maybe eight touchdowns on the ground. I think that's definitely possible for him in year one in that offense. They love to run, uh, you know, so I definitely think that he could be very productive. And, you know, Baltimore, they got a great pickup. You know, I was coming into the drafts, I was kind of hoping that Philadelphia might make a move for him. Uh, you know, there's a couple of teams that actually could have, you know, used his services, and, you know, he, he is in Baltimore now. He's landed in a great situation. Uh, Baltimore should be considered a contender again uh, in the AFC. And, you know, he could definitely have a great year one with that team. They have so many weapons, it's not even funny. You know, they are going to challenge whoever comes out of the AFC for, you know, that Super Bowl position. So we'll just have to see how it pans out. But I'm really pulling for J.K. being an Ohio State guy and all. You know, I I love to see Buckeyes 
do well in the NFL. You know, over the last couple of seasons, we've had a lot of great players come out. You know, when you talk about the Bosa brothers and Ezekiel Elliott and Denzel Ward, you know, those are just to name a few. But we have definitely had a lot of great players come out, especially on the uh, the defensive side of the ball. You know, obviously you have offensive studs like Michael Thomas and Zeke, but we have players coming out on both sides of the ball. Ohio State has been just dropping pro-level talent left and right, you know, for the NFL. So we'll have to see how J.K. Dobbins' first year with Baltimore pans out. Uh, I think he's primed for great things in this league, and he could definitely be another great Ohio State running back uh, in that NFL. Uh, But that's all I have for today, guys. Again, this has been Mac with Buckeyes in Maryland, and you guys enjoy the rest of your day. (laughs) 